I think the minute that we are afraid of controversy, that's an area where it's like, ah, we're not actually like pushing into what is actually true. And, uh, you know, in class, all I ask the students to do is to be respectful of each other when they have difference of differing opinions and to ask questions and to learn. Um, I think a lot of times our disagreements with one another are simply based on a misunderstanding. Yeah. You know, one, one person is thinking or assuming something that the other person actually isn't saying or actually isn't yeah. thinking. And so it's just a matter of like hitting the pause button, slow it down a bit and say, talk about that a little bit more. Or do you really think that that's something that this person would believe? Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us on another episode of the Cornerstone PrepCast, the show that gives you an inside look into how we think, talk, learn, and engage all the important issues at Cornerstone Prep. For archived episodes, be sure to visit us at cornerstoneprep.net. Today's guest is Mr. Brad Patrigan. Brad is a history teacher, as well as the assistant principal at Cornerstone. Today, we discuss thinking through and interpreting difficult historical and current events, and even how to understand controversial historical figures. His insights are going to help us all think a little deeper and have better conversations around the dinner table, at work, or in the hallways at school. So, Mr. P, we got a, we got a tough one today, man, because it is Columbus Day. It is. And this is a day that you have been announcing as Happy Columbus Day. Tell me, about- <laughs> yeah, I mean it's it's one of those heated controversies that we see in our society now, and it, it aligns up with what we're trying to do here to see and, and examine both sides of an argument and be able to have a safe environment for kids to interact with facts and interact with uh, different perspectives. And I think we are perfectly positioned as a as a Christian school that's pursuing these types of things, pursuing truth uh, to do those things. And uh, I'm really happy that that's part of our conversations in class uh, that we're discussing where the facts line up and where maybe they don't line up. Maybe they're, uh, you know, combating each other. So we have to sit down and really um, weave through what's going on. Well, you know, it's interesting. You said something there about seeing where the facts line up. And I think today we live in a society when you look out at like the university system or even saying things like facts today can be seen as aggressive or you're hating my opinion or we want to shut down free speech or even not even free speech, but just a conversation around Mm -hmm. what is truth? What do we believe? Why do we believe it? And I think that might be behind why maybe you get so passionate about this particular yeah. topic. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, one of my favorite lessons that we do in class is we examine these uh, textbooks we actually have in front of us. It's a, a People's History of the United States by Howard Zinn. And then we've got this Patriot's History of the United States by uh, Larry Schweikert and um, Michael Allen. And one... Uh, Howard Zinn is sort of a notoriously liberal perspective on American history, looking at marginalized groups, looking at uh, groups that have typically been left out of the American story. Uh, And Schweikert and Allen, they sort of wrote their textbook in response to that to sort of say, yeah, but America still has ideals that we can all ascribe to. And so taking these two perspectives, literally in the form of these two textbooks, uh, and examining them and seeing, okay, what do you think about this? What do you think about that? Uh, where am, where am we missing something uh, is a really important lesson for the kids to learn. And um, Columbus Day, uh, really uh, 
people's history of the United States, Howard Zinn, kicks off his first chapter with this story that really portrays Columbus in a, a negative, um, sort of murderous, like corrupt <laughs> individual. I'm going to tell you, man. I'm going to tell you. I, I told you before. So I was, uh, I was in high school, going on vacation every year. We'd go to the beach, and we would go to a bookstore. It was one of our first things, and we'd get to pick out a book. Hey, pick out a book, kids. And I liked history, and I remember going into the bookstore. Oh, Here's a book about history. You don't know anything when you're yep. a kid. You're just picking up whatever's Red, there. Red, white, and blue. Red, it's white, and blue. Yeah. Sounds good. And I remember picking up uh, Howard Zinn's People's History, and I went upstairs that night, and I read the first chapter. It's called, I think, Columbus, the Indians, and Human Progress. Mm-hmm. And I came downstairs, and I was just like, family, we need to talk. <laughs> it's, it's a pretty, like, it's, it's going to rock your world. It's you. jarring. It was jarring. Yeah. But I remember getting real fired up. And actually, it was so it would have it. Uh, my history teacher um, was a friend of the family, and he was on vacation with us. And I remember getting real fired up. He was very gracious, but I was like, this is a problem. Columbus is not a good guy. Yep. He killed all these Indians. It was mass genocide. It was an American holocaust. It was, you know, these people were not good. And you're saying, like, eh? Yeah, I mean, and then we also have to present the other perspective, which is, uh, you know, for me, one of the things I teach historiographically is that Howard Zinn's only using certain primary sources to depict Columbus in a negative manner. So we're missing a lot of the story in Zinn's interpretation. I'm also a lot of times equally critical of, of Schweikert and Allen because they come with a more conservative perspective and our, our rah-rah America right. and sort of um, disregarding some of these uh, stories. So I think to have both perspectives is good to keep us balanced. Um, I tend, obviously, to side with the idea that Columbus is an exemplar you know, when we examine what he did in the brave uh, journey that he took across the ocean at that particular time, uh, not many people were doing that. In fact, it was the first uh, in that case. And that has brought a lot of developments and improvements to American society. Um, certainly, there are stories of horror. Um, it's debatable whether a lot of that is contributed directly to Columbus. Um and, and, and I think uh, the, the primary source that they use is Bartolome de las Casas, who right. was a political rival yeah. of Columbus. And so it makes sense that his writings would be very anti-negative Christopher Columbus, yeah. sort of painting him in a, in a bad light. So even just having the kids examine that and sort of seeing, okay, where do you fall? You know, w- what's convincing you uh, of this evidence and presenting uh, almost a case and, and having the students be the, the, the jury um, and and sifting through the facts, sifting through the information, challenging them, their perspectives. Um, a lot of kids have grown up with, you know, good old Christopher Columbus songs. And then they read first chapter Howard's in, they're like, Oh my goodness. Like, so you have to challenge the kids on that level so that they can defend their worldview and really discover their worldview, um, in class. Yeah. How much, you know, I'm curious too, like what you would say with Columbus and, and this work actually, um, this was an older work that uh, called Lies My Teacher Told Me by James Lowen. And one of the things that Lowen puts out early on is the idea of what he calls hero worship Mm -hmm. and saying that it's a problem. We have all these heroes, they can do no wrong. And it's important to look at, let's call it the underbelly of everybody. And the the teacher that Lowen is referring to is American history textbooks and saying they're all this slanted perspective. Now he's coming from the the, the liberal, more um, cultural Marxist perspective of the marginalized groups and things and saying history books are bad. But what about that hero worship stuff, man? Where, like they can do no wrong. Like, you know, 
I think does, how much does that detract from a conversation about what somebody actually did do mm-hmm. when you because you can do it with anybody and, and yeah. you can get real muddy here quick yes. with like Columbus, but here's all the bad things, and then we want to almost ignore the bad things because of the good things. I mean, right. the, how do you strike a balance with with yeah, looking at it's, that? You know, it's easy to tear. It's easy to tear people down. It's easy to tear principles down. It's a lot harder to um, put principles out there and put people out there that are going to be and serve as um, figures that we ascribe or sort of desire to emulate. And uh, I think even in my in my world history classes, my Western Civ classes, uh, we look at the Greeks a lot in that. And they are much more able to attack this conversation because a lot of the Greek heroes also have pretty like fatal flaws one of the big ones i teach about all the time is achilles in the trojan war uh, where we get the achilles heel he's dipped in this sort of immortal body of of water and uh but his heel isn't covered and so that's his his weak spot and the greeks are able to talk about strengths with weakness and i think even too when we jump to the bible a lot of time our strength is found in in the weaknesses um so those themes are they're not easy to approach, but they're necessary to approach. How can we talk about both strengths and weaknesses in a way that we're not going to get, you know, canceled right, uh, and, right. and, and, and create an environment where students can sort of interact with that and at times even fail um, and, and, and miss say things or miss um, understand things. And yet we can have that corrective talk. Well, it's interesting you say that because you mentioned the Bible and certainly every great heroic figure in the Bible, minus Christ, of course, yep. like has their flaws that the Bible records. Like yep. if you were going to make up a, a, a David word is my favorite example of that. Un, like heroic, but also really tragic when you dive in and you see throughout his life, all that, but what's really cool. And this is why one of the things I love about history, it's like you can learn from it and be inspired by it. Yes. But those down mistakes that people make, we're supposed to learn from it, you yeah. know, but not throw somebody away. But I guess that's like the tough thing because I mean, pick any leader with you know power historically. Everybody goes to Hitler as like the the, the yep. archetype negative guy, yes. you know. And it's like, well, didn't he do anything good? Well, why are you saying <laughs> all the bad? You know what I mean? Like, so how yeah, do you kind right. of how do you strike a balance with, or should we strike a balance, or like sift through? Because it sounds like with Columbus, he's kind of a lightning rod, mm-hmm. but it's really about a bigger conversation we're trying to yep. have. Like, how do we know history? How do we know what's true, what's not? How do we use that? in the present yep. to make decisions about our culture and our world. To go back to the Greeks, uh, I, I teach the allegory of the cave by Plato. And in the allegory of the cave, uh, they're portraying Socrates and sort of the understanding of Plato's theory of the forms. Socrates is constantly asking questions and it's a question, 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 because the, I mean, it's annoying. In fact, <laughs> yeah. it's what gets Socrates killed in Greek Stop society. Asking so Stop many asking questions. the questions. But, but the pursuit of yeah. truth requires us to have that level of inquiry where we have the understanding that like, we're not always correct. Like I'm willing to admit I am wrong on some, and, and that right there is the pursuit of the beginning of the pursuit of truth. And, uh, I know we're not really a classical school, but I think in those particular classes, I like to push that classical style of learning. I'm like, okay, it's great. ask a question. It's great. And the idea behind that that I think our culture so desperately needs right now is to pursue truth, we have to risk being offensive. Mm-hmm. It, it's not possible to have a conversation that is going to remove all possibility yep. of somebody being upset or offended or something, but we have to be willing to engage that, not shut down 
conversation, but actually like have more of it and be mm-hmm. okay. Cause we're also trying to use, you, you mentioned earlier, just we're the kind of students we're trying to build. We're trying to create students that are, that are resilient, that are, that are tough. Mm-hmm. They can kind of take conversation and not get wildly offended all the time. Or if we're looking for things to be offended by, there's certainly plenty of primary sources throughout history mm-hmm. that we can find that. But I think that's really, really important. So actually I want to ask you because you know, most people out there, they're not historians. They're not reading through Greek classics, which, hey, I would actually encourage you. I think it's a wonderful it's stuff. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think it's important stuff, you know, like to study history. But there's so much like, you know, out of the broader context of culture today, like the the, 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 the retelling of American history, the reimagining of American or world history, whatever the case is. Talk to the parent like, OK, talk to my parents when I was the 16 year old. Right. Yeah. So my 16 year old just came home and. They heard something at school, not at Cornerstone, of course, <laughs> of course. <laughs> or, you know, or where, wherever, like yeah. in the world or on the internet, like there's so much access now to different ideas or they're in college or they heard a professor, maybe somebody disagrees with them or um, the way they were brought up, a value that they held dear. Mm-hmm. And now they're at a crisis point. And it's like, I yeah. read this, like Howard, I read a Howard Zinn book or I read some, help walk a parent through, like how would you go about maybe yeah. working with them? Yeah, I mean, that's really, that's kind of the ultimate question of education. I would say that particular situation is fertile soil for growth and for learning and for challenging yourself. I know I personally have had those experiences in my life where I've come to a point where I was sort of questioning everything, like, who even am I? Like, what am I doing with my education? And um, I think that actually is a good place for kids to be, especially in a safe environment, like our, our school, like, uh, we're going to support you. We're going to come alongside you and work through a lot of these issues. And um, I think for those types of worldview shattering conversations, um, it's best to challenge them now in school yeah. before they are going off to areas where they might be facing intense criticism towards their faith or intense criticism towards what they've been taught since age one. Um, and we have that opportunity now to kind of push the students to really engage with their actual beliefs. And, uh, that for me is, it's, it's why I do what I do. It's excellent. And, uh, I think it's an exciting pursuit too. You know, one of the things that is so great with history, it's so important is it really helps us. We say it all the time, like interpret current events. And I know mm-hmm. current events is something you guys are also passionate yep. about. So like walk me through like some of the things you do for, um, how you're using the same tools yep. for reading Columbus or Bartolome de las Casas or like pick somebody, you know, from the 15th century or 16th century. And now here we're watching the news in 2020 mm-hmm. with an election cycle and CNN or Fox or <sighs> whatever, like pick like, like how it really seems like it's a lot of the same tools, the same skill set you're using because you have to interpret any evidence you have. Yep. But like with bias in the media or bias in historical research, whatever yes. it is, like how do those conversations go with you guys I mean, and the kids? It is not easy. I mean, I'll just leave it. At <laughs> yes. I would just start with that, I guess. It's, it's not easy and it's not always perfect either. I don't claim to be perfectly handling all these different current events and and uh, discussing them in a, in a way that's always going to lead to the right outcome for the each individual kid. But I think I, I mean, I'd say this in class too. I'm not afraid of controversy. And, uh, you know, in class, all I ask the students to do is to be respectful of each other when they have difference of differing opinions and to ask questions and to learn. Um, I think a lot of times our disagreements with one another 
are simply based on a misunderstanding. Yeah. You know, one, one person is thinking or assuming something that the other person actually isn't saying or actually isn't yeah. thinking. And so it's just a matter of like hitting the pause button, slow it down a bit and say, talk about that a little bit more. Or do you really think that that's something that this person would believe? Um, and, and try to, you know, tease out the answers yeah. a little bit more. Yeah. And again, it's asking questions, asking questions, asking questions. Um, it's one of the biggest things that frustrates me about the modern day uh, debate format is because uh. there's not <laughs> there's not the time and space to like yeah. dive deep and ask the questions. Yeah. In fact, a lot of times, you know, the questions get shut down. So <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, it's just something. Well, you know, we it's do in funny class. you say that too because you know we look at interpreting current events and using this historical process and to to interpret data. I look at that too, like the way you're describing it as this is how we deal with other people and just relationships. Yep. And if we're only looking at one side of something with a friend or yep. a coworker or something, we're not actually gaining a full perspective, even exactly. though to us, we believe we have the full perspective. Yes. Or how much closer would we get to truth with understanding that other person if we just took the time yes. to be patient, to ask some questions, to gain some understanding, rather than be offended that somebody disagreed with me. Exactly. And that, that to me is everything. And I've had, you know, I've had, in, especially in the past, like, some pretty heated conversations in my class and it's just about directing it in the right way, cooling down, um, you know, people that are a little bit more inflamed by certain concepts or, or talk and always pushing them to consider, you know, like as Christians, where should we be engaging in a respectful manner, in a, a manner that's uh, putting others before ourselves. And I think uh, that's difficult, you know, <laughs> because people are going to come at come at you and judge if you say something that's really pointed or if you say something that's quote-unquote offensive like oh you must not be a christian well again i mean look at paul paul's constantly saying quote-unquote offensive things throughout yeah. the book of acts throughout the you know the letters that he uh is is writing to the churches and i think for paul you know he's not looking to uh, offend people he's looking to convey the truth right and uh that's a it's, it's a difficult task for us um, because we have to, of course, define the truth first before we deliver it. But right. I, I don't think we so should good. be afraid. Right. I don't think we should be afraid to offend people. I, I also don't think we should go about offending people Agreed. just because. For sure. I mean, and I think that's something that's very difficult. Like being, some may say, oh, you're being a provocateur. Yes. And it's like, ah, that's different because that's, now you're making it not about the truth. You're making it about attacking somebody else. Yes. You know, which seems like we've kind of lost this idea of, what does constructive dialogue and conversation look like? Yep. And I think that's what's beautiful about studying history from different perspectives and asking a lot of these questions because you really learn a lot about yourself too. Yes. You know, and like even my my own bias. And I think that's actually mm -hmm. a really interesting uh, question. I had a, a good teacher a number of years ago that would always say, um, as a teacher, ask your students to show you or ask um, questions to see if, about your bias. Yep. You know, the, do you have one and what do they think? And uh, you learn a lot about that kind of stuff. Yep. I think we're in a time where we definitely need it. And, and certainly yes. the study of history is getting pushed to the back burner and that grinds my gears how it's like, what's well, math and yeah. math, everything, math, math, math. I don't know. I think it's coming back. I think really, <laughs> I, I really do think it's coming back. It's so. making a comeback. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know, as some like parting thoughts or, you know, for, for, for people out there that just want to try to understand things better. Like, do you have anything that you would say for, Hey, like take a pause, take a deep breath. Everything yeah. feels like yeah. catastrophic nowadays, yeah. right? We catastrophize everything. Everything is the end of the world, but like take a deep breath, talk to the person. It's like, with their kid or even themselves about 
interpreting events or history. For yeah, people. I mean, it's we just live in difficult times. I mean, it's it's difficult to get at the truth, and I think uh, more and more people are getting called out uh, publicly, privately, uh, on on their stances and on their beliefs. So. It, on one hand, I'm, I'm tempted to say, you know, just keep the faith. Stand yeah, strong in yeah. what you believe is true. Stand strong in your faith and don't waver from that. On the other hand, I think it's worth to sort of get out there and have people test you. Yeah. You know, like, hey, I believe this. What do you think about that? Get some feedback um, and see where there might be some holes in uh, what you profess is true. And I think that actually sharpens uh, what we believe is true because now um, it's almost like you're training for uh, an, a, a debate because you have to like seek out the counter arguments and sort of seek out the the weak spots in your own arguments that uh, can lead you to to fail in convincing people and I, I think we are called to have the full truth and uh, that pursuit excites me and I I know it frustrates me too it frustrates <laughs> kids it frustrates everybody know, man. but um yeah it's it's probably couldn't be more important than than now, you know, in the era of quote unquote fake news and, right. and all these uh, different challenges of what is true and fact checking and such. For sure. Um, the opportunities have never been more in the culture, in the conversations, no matter where yeah. you go. It's like super important right now. And I, I actually say too, you know, I think it's really important for us to, I don't want to say challenge our core values or our core beliefs, but mm-hmm. also to be able to, when you come with somebody that you're in an echo chamber with, yes. it, it, to be able to challenge ourselves with you know, realizing, hey, I, I should be analyzing being hard on my side of whatever political, yes. cultural, historical perspective too. Like that's a healthy thing. It's testing yeah. what you believe and actually making you stronger if it's true. But yes. But being willing to hold loosely the things that aren't core to the gospel and those kind of things too. Yes. But, man, Mr. Pat, well, thank, man, this is awesome. We're glad we that's had a chance great. to sit down and talk yeah. about Columbus Day, man. <laughs> yeah, of course, anytime. <laughs> we'll, we'll be back for something more controversial some other time, I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure. We'll find something. Hey, man, thanks, brother. Thanks for listening. All right, thanks. Thank you.